This is the Horse Radio Network. Episode 5 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show, GQ Model Victorious in the Mud. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. Helena and Glenn the Geek Live from the stable It's every week They bring you the news Through hail or high water While using their tails As their own fly swatters So sit on down and laugh Till your poop calls It's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop I am Glenn the Geek. And I'm Helena B. And this is the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Hey, Helena, can you believe that we have been doing this? This is our fifth episode already. I know. We're veterans of the I know. Talk that's show an online. old, that's, we're a couple old guys now. I know. But do we have any listeners yet? Yes, we do, actually. Okay. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> and we <laughs> encourage everybody to, to tell on. your friends and neighbors about us. And we want to warn everybody that if you hear cracking and uh, thunderous sounds during this podcast, it's because Helena's in the middle of a thunderstorm right now. So Yeah, yet again, this has been the summer of thunderstorms up here. You've been getting all our rain. We've been dry as a bone, and you're getting all the thunderstorms. Well, this particular one, see, I check the radar every day. There's a really cool website called Wonderground. Yep. And um, you can actually check live... Radar and satellite, right, right? Because you know we're always looking for the weather, and I don't have an indoor arena at my disposal, so I'm always looking at the weather. And I've been watching this particular line of thunderstorms. It's gone pretty much covered most of the United States from north to south, and it's, so it's been moving east, no, west to east in a long, narrow band. So pretty much, I think everybody in the eastern half of the United States has experienced this particular storm. Well, now it's your turn. Right in the middle of our show, we want to tell everybody you're not sitting outside, so we're fine no. here. No. <laughs> no, but I might consider meteorology for my next career. There you go, there you that go. That was pretty good, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm impressed. All right, well, what are we doing today? Coming up on today's show, we have, as usual, horse news from around the world, including results from the Burley Horse Trials. And the second half of our show, we're going to talk about the 2010 Games with our guest interview, Lisa Jackson, who's the Director of Marketing and PR for the Kentucky Horse Park. Yeah, that's very exciting. And also, we have a new show that's premiering this week on the Horse Radio Network that we'll talk about uh, towards the end of the show. Yep, so stay we're very tuned excited about, about that. that. Yep. And Glenn, let's hear what we've got going on in Burley. Oh, yeah. Burley was fun this year. Apparently, it rained for both days of dressage and torrential rains on cross-country day. So it was a mess. And uh, of the 70 riders who rode in this, over half were eliminated or were eliminated or, or withdrew because they just cross-country was such a mess. Yeah. Now, the Britons did dominate this show. Uh, most of the top 30 who did finish, a good percentage of them were Britons. Matter of fact, uh, the British actually took the top six spots. So okay. they really did dominate the show. And it was a good show. Remember in last week's show, we talked about uh, William Fox Pitt, who was leading in the 2008 HSBC FEI Classics leaderboard. 
Just say that five times fast. Yeah, I have a tough time saying it once. <laughs> uh, but uh, he was leading the leaderboard. Uh, that was the series of five different uh, four-star events. Well, he sealed it, pretty much sealed it, I think, at the show at Burley, because he actually came in first and second. On two different horses? Yes. Yep. First and second, Tamarillo, who is his favorite horse he calls Tam. He came in first, so that was very exciting for, for the Brits. And then Balakula. Balinkula? Balinkula. Balinkula is who he came in second on. So he, by the time he rode t- Tamarillo, he knew he was already winning with Balinkula in the show jumping. So he knew at that point he was winning either way. Okay. Yep. And then it was a very good show for everybody's favorite Mary King. She came in third and fourth. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So it was uh, William Fox Pitt, William Fox Pitt, Mary King, Mary King. See, they took advantage of a small field. Yep. And, and they made it. they got to give them credit for getting through the dressage and torrential rains and then getting through the cross country and torrential rains. Um, she rode, she came in third on Imperial Cavalier and came in fourth on Apache Sauce. I love that name. I know. And, you know, everybody loves Mary King because of that game, the Mary King Riding Star. The, um, the, the, the computer um, game. Video game. Yes. Everybody knew that game years ago. Everybody bought it. We had our tax shop then. That must have been seven, eight years ago. We sold thousands of those. So that was one of the first computer games for any kind of riding. It's probably one of the last computer games for riding, too. Uh, <laughs> well, the Green's got a couple out now, yes, too. Yes. So Mary King became popular because of that, and she's a very nice lady, and, and she did very well. Now, Fox Pitt uh, actually entered the – by the way, we'll have mm-hmm. a picture. That's going to be the picture on this week's show is William Fox Pitt holding up his trophy. Doesn't he look like, like a GQ model? Oh, absolutely. He he's, looks like he's doing a spot for the hotel behind him. I, I know, and you know what? And that, oh, no, that's actually the Burley Castle. Oh. Um, <laughs> so you, you haven't been I don't there. get out of Boston much. <laughs> So, but he's, he always is posed and just looking perfect. He's looking very Fox Pit. Yeah, it's just, it's, every time I see it, I have to laugh. So anyway, he um, entered the record books, equaling Mark Todd and Ginny Elliott's record of five victories for Burley. And he becomes the third writer to score a 1-2 in the event's 47-year history. Oh, okay. So that 1-2 on, on each horse, that's... Uh, You're correct. Yep, yep, yep. And he's okay, won, so- and he's won uh, five t- five different times. Okay. So that's kind of neat. Congratulations to him, and and uh, we'll, and we'll be hearing from him again because he'll finish out. They have one more event to do, and then that'll end that series for this year. Okay. So Great. We'll, re- well, congratulations to William Foxpit and Mary King and everybody who made it. I mean, it was not an easy. Uh, an easy trial, considering the weather. So congratulations to those of you who were able to stick it out. And as far as the United States, I don't know that anybody finished, completed the course, actually, from the United to- States. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> don't talk about it. All right, well, let's talk every about kind of something. Weather and every kind of riding condition in this huge country of ours. I know. I don't want to talk about it. The USDF, though, had some announcements, didn't they? Yes, they did. Um, They announced their 2008 Hall of Fame inductees, and they are... We should say that we're talking about the United States Dressage Federation. Did I say that? USDF? Yeah, but I just wanted to clarify it for everybody. Oh, okay. For those few people who don't know what it is. No, no, no. no. USDF, uh, the United States Dressage Federation, will induct Robert Dover and Fiona Bond 
into the Romer Foundation USDF Hall of Fame, and that's going to happen on December 4th of this year in Denver, Colorado. Now, this particular honor is bestowed on folks who've made an outstanding contribution to the sport of dressage in the United States, um, either through their achievements, their creativity, their vision, or, or just an ongoing effort in support of the sport. Uh, now, Robert Dover, uh, who's also known as Mr. Dressage in our country, um, pretty popular name, a lot of you may be familiar with him, he's had enormous impact on the sport of dressage for almost 30 years. Um, his Probably his career highlight is that he participated or he represented the United States in six consecutive Olympic Games, which is a record for U.S. dressage riders. To have the athleticism and the ability to go yeah, for six just, Olympics. He's seen the world just going to the Olympics. Exactly. And, of course, he was instrumental in helping the United States um, collect a couple of teams bronze medals, team, team bronze medals, can't say that, um, he was at the World Equestrian Games, he got a bronze medal, and a team gold at the North American Dressage Championships. His personal best, he had a sixth place at the 2004 Athens Olympics, and a fifth place at the 1994 World Equestrian Games. That's no easy task. This no. is a serious athlete. And especially competing against the Germans and the Europeans. Yeah, so he really stands out, and... Um, so he's the first inductee for this year. And the next is Fiona Bonn. She is, um, this is a posthumous. Now that's a name I haven't heard. Well, um, Fiona, was, she was born in Scotland, and she started riding in, I think, in the Cotswolds in England. But she, for many years, for 30 years, she directed the dressage and driving disciplines for the United States equestrian team. When now, did her, she pass away? In 1994. Okay. So and she was young. She was only 55 years old. Gotcha. Um, unfortunately, she succumbed to cancer. And, but in her short time on this earth, she contributed an, an enormous amount to the sport of dressage. Her, own, her personal um, career highlights was in 1992 at the Barcelona Olympics, and the dressage squad took bronze after 16 years without an Olympic medal in that particular competition. And... She was, I believe she was the chef to keep of that year. Glenn, correct me if I'm wrong. No, I, I don't. I think that I don't was know. 92. I know. She's been the chef to keep for a lot of shows. 1989, 1990, and 1991, she was chef to keep of the Olympic dressage team. I always and, mispronounce that. I know. I it's, just, it really should be chef de quipe. <laughs> I took a gazillion years of French in high school, and I, I still can't say it right. Yeah, I didn't do so well with my French teacher in high school. I think I flunked every year I took it. French teachers, for some reason, just weren't very popular in high well, school. Not, not only that, they're mean. They were yeah, always the mean ones. I don't know. It seems that that's universal. Every school seems to hire nasty French teachers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine wasn't particularly fond of me. <laughs> Which is why we still say chef de queep. I chef couldn't de... even do English. It was hard enough doing all those, uh, ch trying to figure out the structures in French. Yeah, no kidding. And I'm totally butchering this <laughs> news report to boot. All right. So uh, we have Robert Dover then and Fiona Bon. Um, one of the other things that I want to mention about Fiona Bon is that she was uh, particularly devoted to the development of young riders in the United States. And was instrumental in starting what became the Advanced Young Riders Program. So it's unfortunate that she's honored with this award. I don't want to say it called an award. It's an induction after her death, but 
it was most certainly well deserved. Yeah, so, and actually the uh, the museum is over here at the uh, Hort, Kentucky Horse Park at the USDF National Education Center. What museum? Uh, I'm sorry, the the Hall of Fame. Is, oh, right. is that the USDF National Education Center over here at the Kentucky Horse Park? Okay, so that's where it's located. You guys have everything there. Well, actually, that's what's happening is there is everything here now. All of the asso- the associations and the organizations are, are building over there. Has that have? I mean, is it because the World Equestrian Games are coming? Is the Kentucky Horse Park starting to be the? Well, um, I I read an article one day, and I forget where I read it. I wish I could dig it up again. That the state of Kentucky actually reimburses the organizations for for keeping their headquarters here. There's a fund in the state of Kentucky. Part of it is the license plates that are the horsey license plates goes into this fund. But there's a fund set up that fees are collected into this fund. And every year it's turned back to horse organizations like the USDF and, and all of the other organizations that are located over at the horse park. So that money, they're given a certain percentage of that if they have their national headquarters. Where do they? Where does the money come in from? Who funds the fund? This, the, the, the uh, me, <laughs> <laughs> the residents of Kentucky in a various ways uh, through various through your fees and tax things. Payments or I th- it, and through fees and things. I again, I wish I could find the articles. A long time ago, I read that, and I'm going to do some more research that and maybe do a blog entry on it. I'll, I'll I'll have to get back to you on that, but there is there is a monetary reason why all of them. Plus, it is centrally located. It is a beautiful place, and everybody else is here. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, all of those reasons I'm sure contribute to it. So back to the news. Yeah, and speaking of Kentucky, and this actually uh, he he is international. There was a death that I wanted to note that, that very few people have probably heard of him, but he's been instrumental as far as in the horse health arena in the United States. Uh, He actually worked at the University of Kentucky uh, down here, but he's been all over the place, and his name was Dr. James Rooney. He's 81 years old, and he's known as the World Authority on Equine Anatomy, Pathology, and Biomechanics. And more than anyone else, he was able to explain why lameness occurs in horses. He studied horses from the time he was in... In vet school, he was just fascinated with the anatomy of the horse. And actually, when he was in vet school in 1952, he wrote his first book, Autopsy of a Horse, which Mm -hmm. was published uh, while he was still in veterinary school. He he had an interesting life. He served in various places, including the U.S. Army Biological Laboratories. I don't know what he did there. Probably didn't have to do with horses. He uh, also worked at the Equine Research Station in Newmarket, England the University of Pennsylvania School of Veterinary Medicine, and the UK Livestock Disease Diagnostic Center. And people that people have run into one of the diseases he is responsible for discovering, and that's EPM. Ah, yes. So he was the first... very well. Yeah. He was the first one to recognize EPM, and, and for people that don't know, the simple version is EPM is basically a parasite that lodges in the horse's spinal cord. Right, equine uh, protozoal myelitis. Thank you for that, because You're I wasn't welcome. even going to attempt to le- that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so he was responsible for figuring out what that was, and, and that is his big claim to fame, actually. An interesting thing about him is he never rode a horse. He didn't like riding horses. Uh, he didn't bet funny. on them. He didn't ride them. Uh, he liked to watch them run. And his favorite thing was studying how horses move, and that was the major focus of what he did here in, in Kentucky. 
I bet his book Autopsy of the Horse is fascinating. Bet it's kind of deep. Yeah. <laughs> I think he wrote other books too, although I did not look that up. But I do want to just acknowledge because he was one of the leaders in, in this area of anatomy of the horse and also never rode. So it sounds familiar, sort of like me. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're a busy man. <laughs> And then the state of Kentucky's equestrian program. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and now we have something going on right now in Hong Kong, and that's the Paralympic Games are going on right now. They were about a month after the regular Olympics. And actually, the Regarding Horses, uh, Jackie's blog, we interviewed her a couple weeks ago at regardinghorses.com. We're both having trouble today. She has a great write-up, and she's following the Paralympic Games, and you can go there to see the coverage. But dressage is actually the only equestrian discipline that's included in, this partic- in, in the Paralympic Games, uh, and they do team and individual medals just like the Olympics do. There's a total of 73 riders from 28 countries, and they compete for 11 gold medals in the, in the five-day Paralymp- Paralympic uh, events. Can you say that number again? How many equestrian athletes? There are 73 riders uh, from 28 different countries. Okay, wow. And actually, the, the team from uh, the UK is favored to win this year, so we'll see how they do. But the United States has a good team, too. They have a lot of good riders. They have a mixture between... They have a mixture between experienced and inexperienced riders the first times. They're not inexperienced riders, but the first times they're veterans and rookies. So, of, the Olymp- of Olympic Games. Correct. Yep, yep, I didn't say that very well. Sorry about that. So it should be interesting to see how they do coming up here this week, actually. You know, I didn't even know that there was a Paralympic Games. It's sad, but I just I had no idea. And as part of my research for this particular news item, um, obviously I found some interesting information for those of you who don't know what the Paralympics are, I'll break down the word for you. Paralympic comes from the Greek preposition para, which means belong or sorry, beside or alongside and the word Olympics. Now, when the Paralympi- Paralympics w- was first started, it was actually for athletes who were paralyzed. That's where the para came from. But over time, they included other disability groups and have become more closely associated with the general Olympic movement. And so the para now refers to parallel or alongside the Olympics. So the, and it has its own um, uh, governing organization, which is the IPC, the International Paralympics Commission, I want to say, that represents several sports and a whole host of disabilities. So it's not just people who are paralyzed at this point. No, okay. it could be anywhere from actually they they do list some of the most um the, there were like four disabilities that it started out with it was blindness it was um if you were an amputee or if you were somehow um immobile like in a wheelchair full sclerosis or muscular dystrophy I always get those two mixed up but anyway it started out with these four primary disabilities and as I said over time they started to include other athletes with different kinds of disabilities and so it's morphed into the para, meaning parallel, Olympic Games. And there are 4,000 athletes in these games from 147 different countries. Wow. So I, I guess this was a much-needed um, venue for these athletes. I wanted to mention one of the, as I said, there's a number of good riders on the American team, but this story kind of fascinated me. It's Lynn Seedman. Um, she's a paraplegic from, and she actually became a paraplegic in 1983 from a snow skiing accident that left her with no feeling in, uh, from the belly button down. She started riding 11 years ago, her horse named Equest, and began competing in 1996. 
and she would ride with two sidewalkers and a leader. But she became an independent rider in 1998. She moved on from that, and she completed. Uh, she actually competed and it, the can in the Can National Horse Show in St. Louis, Missouri. She won the High Porn Award for her division and earned the highest dressage score of the show. And it was that point that her riding career started. And so she has a fascinating story. She lives in uh, Coppell, Texas with her family. And her husband is there supporting her f- for 20 years. So she's there competing right now. And, and we wish her and all the other riders the best of luck. Absolutely. That's great stuff. And you know what else is interesting? is She also won a silver medal in tennis doubles in the 1992 Paralympic Games in Barcelona, Spain. So she's been doing sports for a long time. Wow. Yeah, yeah. There's just some fascinating stories in that in that whole Olympic movement. We'll have to get on the phone and get them on our show. We'll, we'll try and get her on, and we'll have to do that after she gets back. Okay. <laughs> we'll have to wait till she gets back from uh, Hong Kong. Okay. <laughs> Probably be a good idea. <laughs> What's All right. Matter? We can dial Hong Kong. <laughs> hey, uh, we're coming up now to to our interview here with Lisa Jackson at the Kentucky Horse Park. But before we do that, I want to tell you a little bit why about why we have her on. Our our life this past week has been something new at the Horse Radio Network, and that something new is a new show for you. It's called the 2010 Radio Show. It's at 2010radioshow.com, and it's the newest show in the Horse uh, Radio Network lineup. And what that show is is a short 10 to 15-minute weekly news show Every, about everything involving the 2010 World Equestrian Games. So this show will keep you informed, up to date. Uh, we'll make sure that you know everything that's going on step by step. And it's actually for the non- next 106 weeks till the games begin, September 25th, 2010. 106 weeks? 106 episodes they'll be before the game begins. That's and awesome. This is this is actually I'm hosting this one and we're doing uh, we're doing it a little different. There's no co-host on this one. It's it's strictly a news wrap up. Uh, it's a new show with occasional interviews thrown in. Well, Lisa Jackson of the Kentucky Horse Park, we did an interview with her and we wanted to share it with 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 you guys also at the Stable Scoop show. We did an interview with her about what's going on for the construction for the 2010 games. Everybody that has a horse in America is interested in these games. There's going to be 600,000 people here. The state is spending over $100 million in developing the horse park and the road systems and, and everything around here getting ready for these games. So it's a very big deal. I know I talked to a lot of my friends who are signed up for tickets. Uh, you, you actually didn't buy your tickets yet. You actually sign up on their website on the FEI's website, and they put you in line for tickets. That'll begin in 2009. Right now, uh, let's let's hop on over. We'll talk more about the show and what's what's going on with that and what's going on with the 2010 games after our interview with Lisa. I actually did the, pre-recorded this interview, so Helena's not on it. So this is her first time listening to it too. Let's get to Lisa, and we'll see you when we get done. Hi, Lisa. It's good to have you on the show. Well, thank you for having me. Hey, I wanted to just get caught up a little bit about what's going on at the horse park and preparations for the 2010 games. I figured you were going to be the one to speak to. Well, thank you very much. I'd be happy to answer any questions I can. All right. So I know there's a lot of renovations going on over there, and I don't know if you can speak to this or not. There's been a lot of dollar amounts floating around, and, you know, it's $100 million, it's $60 million. Uh, We all know it's tens of millions of dollars. And I see that the uh, indoor is, is getting there. It's, it's making great progress. Is that on time? 
Um, actually, we're very lucky right now. Knock on wood, the indoor arena is actually running as much as six weeks ahead of schedule. Oh, really? Um, so we're we're very pleased with that. Um, it Probably all have... the dry weather we've had has helped that, hasn't it? Exactly. Um, of, of course, it's it's under roof now, so uh, hopefully the weather won't be as big a problem over the winter time. Of course, it still will with getting equipment in and and that sort of thing. But uh, the weather has been very cooperative. Now that arena is for for people who are familiar with the park is actually over. Well, we always joke that it's over near the uh, Kentucky Horse Park dump, <laughs> which doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. Right? Yeah, I noticed they took that out too. Uh huh. It, it's on the back road, actually, over towards the Secretariat Center. Right, and, and you can see it from the interstate. So it's on the west side of our property. Uh, you can see driving down or up I seventy five. And they can check out uh, my blog entries there on, on the website. I have pictures of, of the various construction over the last uh, couple of months. You have some very good pictures on there. I'm impressed. Well, yeah. If you want to use them, you can. Well, thank uh, you. <laughs> so, so how many will that seat? Um, we are looking at it seating somewhere in the neighborhood of 6,000 people. Um, it's not completely confirmed yet, but somewhere in the neighborhood of 6,000 people. All right. Now, it started out not having, if I understand right, it started out not having a barn attached, and then now it does have a barn attached. Is that? Um, well, not exactly. Um, basically, the the arena started out as an independent project that the state of Kentucky, um, as it does with all of its property, it, it builds its its own major buildings, the, the, the major facilities that it, that it owns, of course, for all perpetuity because it's sitting on its own land. Um, but the Kentucky Horse Park Foundation, which is the nonprofit 501c3 fundraising arm for the Kentucky Horse Park, uh, dreamed uh, as we were making plans for the arena uh, of having the uh, appropriate kinds of barns and, and to making it a, a standalone venue unto itself, separate from the existing barns that we have now, uh, to be able to accommodate the horses and the various horse shows that would utilize that arena. So the the plans on the drawing board, the, the dream plans are to have a total of four competition barns that would actually physically attach um, via a walkway into the new arena. Well, that makes it that does make it nice for wintertime. It really does. It makes all. it nice for wintertime. It makes it, it very nice for the hot summers and um, for the the uh, show horses and and uh, the people who spend a lot of time getting the mane just right and the hooves just right and the tail just right. Um, it also gives them a covered walkway out of the rain. So, how many stalls are? are um, I don't remember at the moment. I'm thinking it's around a, a, approximately 200 per barn. Okay. Well, wow. So yes. that's a lot of stalls. Is there any renovation planned for the old stall areas? Um, that is something that our Kentucky Horse Park Foundation as well is working on on, on the private sector side to raise funds that after uh, the new barns are are completed, and it may take a few years to do that, that our old barns, which are showing their age, just like the rest of the park is being 30 years old, um, they do want to uh, one by one begin taking possibly tearing down the old barns and putting in uh, new ones, um, and actually ones with better uh, restroom facilities and wash racks. 
For anybody competes, it, uh, they'd be very happy with that. So then you head out, and of course the uh, outdoor ring, is is that on schedule? I have pictures of that in the latest blog entry, too, the big hole in the ground, but you're getting some footers <laughs> in and some walls. Uh... Um, it actually is on schedule. It uh, it depends on the weather. It'll go and, and, and be a week or two behind, then it gets a week or so ahead, and then another rainstorm comes in. So, um, uh, so that one actually, though, luckily, again, knock on wood, is, is tracking very closely to its schedule. Now, is that scheduled to be open for 2009's uh, Rolex or not? Um, it is. The, the okay. new facilities should be substantially completed in time for Rolex, uh, which means that you know, there may be some tweaking that they have to go back and do later. Um, the facility will have evening lights, which Rolex doesn't need, um, you know, and other, other things such as scoreboards or, or various parts of the facilities that may not be needed during the Rolex Kentucky three-day event but will be part of the facility. So um, if it's not completely uh, finished, it will be substantially finished by Rolex. All right. And I, uh, just to continue around the park here, uh, the, uh, everybody let everybody know that the uh, driveways and the road projects are making progress. It's really nice to have that circle out front yep. uh, where, where you come in. Yes, that's, that's our new roundabout. Um, uh, the roadway from the roundabout around to the backside of the park, the service roadway, uh, was really showing its age as well, and, and the sides of the road were crumbling, especially when you had major equine uh, transportation semi-trucks coming in. And, and that's the road that actually goes by the rent-a-horse. The uh, horseback riding concession, yes, yes and the yep, Mount yep. Police Barn, that's correct. Right, and that is that Cigar Lane? That is Cigar Lane. Okay, so that that is really nice. They they did a good job with that. Yes, uh, we're we're very pleased with that. Um, it's basically finished now, and now we can go back in and do the landscaping. So uh, the outdoors making progress. What other what other th- things are going on as far as construction, getting ready for? I know the museum is. That's correct. The museum is undergoing an eight thousand square foot addition. So it's the first major change to the museum in thirty years as well since we since we opened and. It gives the museum a great opportunity to go in and tweak some of the things that they've been wanting to do for years but didn't have the room to do it. So the Calumet Trophy Room is being changed. The Horse and Sport Room is being changed. Um, They're going to be able to, uh, with the construction, they've been able to find some great new nooks and crannies that they weren't sure they would be able to use. But um, as part of the Calumet Room, uh, they actually are going to be installing a thoroughbred history uh, Kentucky. So oh, wow. so that will be something that they're going to be able to do because of the construction. And the the new wing will also be able to house a wonderful exhibit on the horse in the Near East and um, the cultures and, of course, you know, the Arabian horse is the foundation for most every breed of horse that exists today. Oh, so there will be an Arabian uh, exhibit in there as well? That's correct. The horse in the Near East, so, uh, you know, to include the entire area, but the the development of the horse uh, from thousands of years ago with the Arabian. The oldest known still existing horse uh, um, in the world. Since I went to the park 20 years ago, it sure has had some changes to it. Now, come to 2010, as far as parking... Can we talk about that at all? I, I have been getting questions on what's going to happen with parking, where are people going to park, and, you know, is everybody being bussed in? Is there any parking at the park? That kind of thing. 
I'm not really going to be able to answer your parking question um, as, okay. as much as you would like. The uh, the folks over at the World Games Foundation, uh, they're charged with uh, making all of those plans and, and having to uh, find their resources and, and uh, figure out what they can and can't do on the property. Certainly there will be limited parking, um, but probably mostly for services and, and that sort of thing. Uh, but they are planning, uh, from, from what little I've heard of it so far, I've been very impressed with the plans for uh, busing uh, folks in to make it most convenient for them so they don't even have to bother with their own car. Just recently, John Long was in Hong Kong. John Long is the right. president of, or I'm sorry, he's the chairman of the board for the World Games Foundation. And he was commenting about how nice they did things with motor coaches filling up every three, three and a half minutes and going off on their destination. So there was never a line. There was never a problem. And um, I, I'm not sure that we would be able to do what Hong Kong did, right. <laughs> but it's certainly something that they are uh, wanting to emulate. Well, they're doing a good job over there, so I, I think they'll have all of that pretty much figured out. I think so. The campground, is that going to be open or will that be reserved for – is that going to be open or is that going to be reserved for other things? Uh, right now, that that remains to be seen. We're not making okay. a, a complete determination one way or the other. Uh, certainly, the campground mostly will be used for the World Games. Um, it may be used entirely for the World Games, but until okay. we have their final specs, we don't know if we'll be able to open it up to very limited camping. Uh, certainly, anyone who comes in during that time uh, will will most likely have to be either associated with the games or or be a visitor because everyone who goes into the campground will need to have credentials. All right. Yeah. Great. Well, this has been a good update. We appreciate you uh, being on with us. Well, absolutely. I'm happy to do it. All right. Sounds good, Lisa. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was great of Lisa to be on with us. She's actually going to be on with us throughout the next two years occasionally, keeping us informed and updated on the progress over there at the horse park. The details, you know, we started to talk about she doesn't have all the details, and not all the details are worked out yet as far as how the parking's going to work and what the campground, we, you, you heard us talk about that. So as we, as we go, the place you want to go is at 2010radioshow.com. Over at 2010radioshow.com, we have every news article we can find that's published is referenced in there in the news section. We have the blog postings. I, oh, by the way, I just did another blog posting about the construction over there with new pictures this week. So you can stop by the 2010 Radio Show website and see those. We'll do that every two weeks as the construction goes on, sort of a history of it. We'll keep, that, we'll keep you informed that way. But I think you'll find the show informational. We'll have guests on throughout the, for, throughout the two years. And it's just going to be very exciting building up to the show. Tell your friends about it. If you want to know what's happening with the 2010 games, check at 2010radioshow.com. The website is going to be a resource you don't want to be without. Yeah. And there, will you also have, you, you have a link to the 2010 Alltech website as well. Correct. There are links to all the websites over there. I think you'll find it a very informative place. Great. Yeah, and I do want to mention what we're going to do at the end of this show today, when our show is over, StableScoop.com. Don't turn the recorder off, because what we're doing is we're actually plug, we're putting the, the first show from, from Horse Radio Network is going to be attached to this one, so you can hear what it's going to be like. 
The first show from 2010 radio show. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. The first show from the 2010 radio show. That's how brand new this is. Uh, From the 2010 radio show will be actually tacked on to the end of ours. So if you want to hear the first show, just keep listening after the end of our show, Stable Scoop, here. (laughs) Did I make that any more confusing? No, but, you know, I'm I'm glad that you got our own show right, Stable Scoop. Yes, Yes, I got our own show right. We've been doing that one for a while. Folks, just to remind you, you are listening to the Stable Scoop radio show. Don't listen to Glenn. That's correct. It's the Stable <laughs> Scoop radio show right now, and our new show is the 2010 radio show. I'm really looking forward to this. I'm very excited. And it's funny because there's a countdown on the, um, on the World Equestrian Games website, and it says something like 745 days, and then you had mentioned two years from now. I think I like the 106 weeks, so let's do a, a weekly countdown. Okay. Yeah, so... It just sounds like even, it's a little bit closer. I can't wait for it to get here. sounds like a lot. How long is it going to be? How, how many it's, days? It's 18 days. It's 18 like days? 16 or 18 days. Yeah. Okay, that's perfect. Can you imagine? 16 days of just horse stuff? Yeah, and we're talking, and they're having some mighty big parties they're planning, too. They're planning parties and concerts. Uh, they booked, well, you'll hear in, in, in the first episode of the 2010 radio show, I talk about how the hotels are being booked out just for entertainers. So they are planning, this is going to be one mighty big event. Do you know if there are going to be any big name entertainers there? Yes, big name entertainers. Do you know who they are? No, they haven't announced that yet, but I do know that they're planning some big names. They're plan- they actually hired the group that did the opening ceremonies for the Salt Lake City Olympics. Okay. The same group production company is oh, doing okay. the opening ceremonies for, for the 2010 World Equestrian Games. So, All right, I'm giving you some homework. Yes? Your job is no, to find geez. out. I didn't come here for homework. <laughs> well, you know, you picked me as a co-host. That's I your know, own problem. I know. Your homework Can I is... my mind? No, you can't. Okay. It's All too right. late. Right. Your, your homework is to find out, is to get... It doesn't have to be an okay. exclusive, but right. it definitely Who has to be... you want to know if they're coming? I want to know at least one big name. You know why? Here's what why. What are you hoping for? I don't care. Oh. Well, I, I just want a big name I'm because... I'm hoping for Carrie Underwood. Okay. Well, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but somebody with as much... Somebody who's just as popular. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm an American Idol fan from long ago. I voted every week for... I admit it. I'm an American Idol fan. I'm in a 12-step program. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, had, I, I was a Carrie Underwood fan. We went and saw her in concert this year, and my wife bought me the best birthday present ever. She bought me this humongous four-foot poster of Carrie Underwood, which oh is God. now hanging above my desk as we're talking right now. You know, it's funny because I always joke about how inside I'm really like a 12-year-old kid when it comes to horses. I, I'm like a kid. I'm like a little girl, and I think that you're not much different. You're probably like a 14-year-old boy. I mean, who else has Carrie Underwood posters in their room? I know. It's hanging right above me. I I record to Carrie Underwood every week. All right, so back to your homework. Okay. You need to find out who the big name is, and then we've got to share that with our listeners. Because, and I'm really hopeful that they get some really good entertainment, because I think that horses really need a better voice in mainstream America. I, think I, mean, gonna, I really think they're going to get it. One interesting statistic I found is that this, in 2010, other than the, the Winter Olympics in Canada, this will be the biggest sporting event in the world in that year. I certainly hope it's easier to catch on television than the Olympics were. Well, it, that, that's interesting. They're, they're Do you doing think it's going to be 
televised? They're doing six hours of coverage on NBC, three Sundays in the, that are during the show they're doing coverage. However, the details have not been worked out about the streaming like they did with the, with the Olympics. So uh, the comp- online streaming, I think yeah. they're going to have online streaming. So if, we'll keep you informed of all of that over at the 2010 radio show website and on the show. Yeah. That's the kind of things we're going to talk about to make sure you know exactly what's going on going into the show. Off of the 2010 games, and we did have an email this week, and I'm going to read this one because uh, this was actually about one of your stories. This was from our friend Anastasia, who we did an interview with in one of the past shows, and she was writing about that spurring incident we just we talked about in episode four. Mm-hmm. Uh, up there, where let's just do a quick review. You were at a horse show up there in Massachusetts. There was a trainer who, after after he won a class, won fifteen hundred dollars. What, had everything taken away from him because his horse was bloody on both sides from spurs. Right. And that's against the rules in and, and many ways. Right. <laughs> so she so, actually wrote us ahead. an email that I'd like to read to everybody because I thought it was interesting. She says, regarding the trainer who won the Derby Cross at Myopia, according to Dictionary.com, the word myopia not only describes an... Help me out with that one. Ophthalmic. An, an ophthalmic an eye condition, in which one can see only what is very close in front of him, in other words, nearsightedness. It also is defined as a lack of foresight or discernment. I didn't realize that. And myopia was started by these guys. They were actually, what, baseball players or something, if I remember the story right? Yes, it was a baseball team. And they couldn't see very well? Yeah. So they decided to fox hunt instead because I guess they figured yes. the hounds would would be able to see for them. They all wore glasses or were near, nearsighted. Yep, this yep, is true. So that's how the Myopia Hunt Club started back in the early 1800s, I believe. Yep. So she continues, The latter is most assuredly a fitting description of any trainer who puts winning above compassion, sportsmanship, or common sense. Unfortunately, trainers like this have been around since the beginning of time and will pro- probably continue to show up occasionally in the future. She's right about that. In my opinion, there is no talking to such individuals. They already think they know everything and will tell you to mind your business and close themselves off. And that's true, too. Mm. The best thing we can do is exactly what the good folks at Myopia Show did. Strip him of the winnings and banish him. A trainer who cannot compete will soon be the trainer out of business. For those who don't compete but rather run pleasure riding stables, it is up to the savvy horse people to step forward and contact animal control when a horse or any animal is being abused. One hopes that this trainer's embarrassment will prompt him to reflect on and change his training philosophy. I have my doubts. And if not, let's just hope... That was me that said that. (laughs) And if not, let's just hope the numerous other qualified and reputable trainers out there, those who train with integrity and are passionate about bringing the best out in horses and humans, will outshine the few bad apples. And I did have one other idea. Maybe someone who listens to this show and lives nearby, this trainer, could download the stable scoop onto a CD and send it to him in the mail. (laughs) Okay. Uh, If he knew the entire country was talking about him, maybe he'd be inspired to try another approach to horsemanship. For some reason, I don't think that's exactly the road he would take. Thank you for bringing this important and disturbing incident to light. You two do good work. Well, thank you, Anastasia, our number one fan in California. Absolutely. she's a, That's a fabulous email, and I really like your idea of uh, getting him to listen to this show. If he did know the entire country was talking about him, maybe we could inspire him to try another approach to horsemanship. He doesn't know where you live, right? I don't care if he does. I'll okay. take him out. <laughs> take him out. <laughs> My five-year-old will take him out. Anybody who needs spurs to get a horse to go like that. 
probably doesn't have a lot of backbone. So there you go. I'm guessing he'd be an easy one to squish. Uh, right. I just want to make mention that this man is not associated with myopia in any way. He was right. simply attending show. Um, a show that was put on by myopia. And myopia did the right thing by doing what they did. Which Absolutely. Strip him of his winnings and banish him for life. But you know what? This past weekend, I attended the Fidelity Investments Jumper Classic, and I ended up in the rider's tent quite by accident. And lo and behold, there was Mr. Friedrich standing in the rider's tent. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I do know that he participated in the show, but I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure he did not compete at the Grand Prix level. Um, I don't know what classes he competed in, but he was there. And I was told by somebody working within the staff of the show that they were keeping a very, very close eye on him and had issued several warnings to him prior to his entering the classes. Well, but you know, he maybe was there. Maybe what Anastasia said is, is right, that that kind of thing sort of ends up policing itself eventually. Yeah, you got to hope so. Yeah. But, um, well, but she's right. It doesn't, it doesn't just stop. Like she said, there's no, ta- there's no talking to people like this. They think they know everything and they just keep showing up. Yep, over and over again. So next week, we're looking forward to a good show as well. We're, we're doing something a little different next week. We actually have a third co-host joining us. We don't have any special guests, but we have a third co-host, uh, and that's Michael Richardson, who if any, any of you have not heard Michael Richardson speak, first of all, he has a wonderful radio voice. He has this deep voice, and he's just a wonderful guy to talk to. He's a lot of fun. He's a national, nationally known trainer, Said travels the country. Uh, he actually lost his use of speaking. I mean, we were just talking about the Paralympics today. He lost use of his legs uh, a long time ago in an accident when he was 19 years old. He used to be a, a big eventer before then, now trains horses, rides still and uh, trains people around the country, and he's just a fascinating guy. He's actually going to join us for the whole show. Oh, I'm excited about that. Yeah, so it should be a fun hour. He's just, a, he's just a neat guy, and I think everybody will enjoy that. And he's easy to listen to. You're right about his radio voice. He's very uh, smooth. You know, if I only had his voice. I don't have a radio voice. I don't have a TV face or a radio. What am I doing? Well, <laughs> you do have a radio voice. <laughs> it's all that year and all that time in, in the theater. I don't know, though. Today, after today's show, I think yeah, I we'd fire. One of us could speak. If we had a boss, we'd be so fired. <laughs> I know. Thank goodness we don't. Yeah. Uh, just us. Yes, all right. by design. <laughs> so be sure to listen to next week and find our show notes with all of the links from today's show at what website, Helena? Stablescoop.com. All right. And our blogs are also at stablescoop.com. We, we try and update those regularly. You can see the updates also on the uh, progress at the horse park out there. Leave us feedback. We encourage you to call. We want to hear from you, like the email from Anastasia there. You can call us at our voicemail at 270 270- Eight zero three zero And Helena, I'm going to make you do our email address this week. Oh, thanks a lot. You can email us at geeks at horseradionetwork.com. That's G-E-E-K as in kite, S as in Sam, at horseradionetwork.com. Well, thanks, thanks a lot, Helena, and we will see you next week. And I'll be here with the scoop.
This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode one of the 2010 radio show for September 8th, 2008, your unofficial source for all the news about the 2010 World Equestrian Games. everyone, Glenda Geek here, and welcome to the first edition of the 2010 Radio Show. We have 746 days left till the start of the World Equestrian Games, September 25th, 2010. I thought I would start today by telling you a little about the show and what you can expect coming up. This will be a weekly podcast running about 10 to 15 minutes in length, unless, of course, we have an interview, then it will run a little longer. Uh, The show will be posted every Monday for the next 106 weeks. We'll be covering the news about the games from all angles. We'll take a look at the preparations, the construction over at the horse park, a little of uh, the local Lexington controversy, and later on, when we get a little closer to the games, we'll be taking a look at the riders and the athletes that are participating in them. We'll also bring you occasional interviews from the powers that be and the riders, but mostly we'll focus on the news surrounding the games. I live right here in Lexington, Kentucky, and I'm at the horse park almost every week for something. Matter of fact, I just got back from there. So I hope to give you a perspective of, the, uh, of a local and what the vibe here is in central Kentucky building up to the games. We have some fantastic resources for you on our website at 2010radioshow.com. you want to uh, put that in your favorites and, and stop by often. One of the things that we have in there is our show notes. Every show like this one, every episode, will have show notes uh, with links to the articles that we discussed. So I don't, you know, I only touch on the articles in this episode. You can go back and read the complete story in the show notes. We also do a construction update blog where I stop at the park every two weeks or so and I take pictures of the construction and write a little blog post about it to keep you up to date on the progress out there at the horse park. Uh, There are a couple entries already up there, two or three, so stop by the website at 2010radioshow.com and take a look. Reports are the park will be spending over $60 million for renovations and that the state just as much in road repairs and infrastructure upgrades. Plus, I can tell you there are new hotels going up all over this city. This park is building a 6,000-seat climate-controlled indoor arena, which you can find pictures of on our website. A new 8,000- to 10,000-seat outdoor stadium. I'll have room also for the World Equestrian Games. They'll be seating up to 20,000 temporary seats in the outdoor stadium, seating 25 to 30,000 total. Right now, I can tell you that the outdoor arena, for those of you that have been to the horse park and been to Rolex, the outdoor arena is a a mess. Uh, The big hole there right now, they really started putting the footers in at this point. You can see pictures of that on the construction blog on the website. Also, we have a listing of all the articles. We have something we call the WEG News, and that's a listing of all the articles, stories, and blog posts we could find about the 2010 games. You'll find little blog entries there on the WEG News, uh, basically linking you to every article that you'd you'd ever want to see about about, the World Equestrian Games. So uh, this could be your one-stop source for everything World Equestrian Games. You could just come here and and find everything you need to know and all the articles and the links that that you're going to need to find uh, in relationship to the games. 
Before we get into today's news, I just wanted to encourage you to subscribe to the show through iTunes or your MP3 player using the subscribe buttons found on the left sidebar of our website. This way it will automatically download to your iPod or MP3 player every week and you won't miss a thing. Right, little details about the games as we get started in our first episode. They run from September 25th to October 10th, 2010. There's 16 days of, of games. The sports that will be in the games are show jumping, dressage, eventing, driving, endurance, vaulting, raining, and para-equestrian. When we talk about the games, I'll be referring to the equestrian games as the WEG games to save us both times, or the 2010 games. I won't be saying the whole title every time. They expect to sell 600,000 spectator tickets and to have more than 800 riders and 900 horses from 60 countries. We're expecting over 2,000 media. There will be double the amount of media here as competitors. Expecting 500 million people to view it on TV, and we're supposed to have 400, more than 400 trade booths. So it's going to be quite a shopping extravaganza. A few details for you for the upcoming show, and we'll have many more of those as the weeks go along. And now on to the news. WTVQ here in Lexington reported that the U.S. Equestrian Federation CEO, John Long, and several of uh, his organizers of the 2010 World Equestrian Games headed to Olympics to see what they could learn over there in Hong Kong. Some of the things they took away from their experience were it would be important to have a welcoming center at the airport so people are informed even before they get to Lexington about what's going on and where to go and, and all the details. The Olympics did a great job, apparently, with bus transportation. It's very similar to what they're going to have to do here in Lexington because everybody, competitors, and visitors alike will be bussed in as there'll be uh, very limited parking at the horse park. So uh, they did that, apparently, in Hong Kong as well, and they they had to transport people from hotels all, all across uh, Hong Kong to the venues. And the report was from, from Mr. Long that the buses were loaded, filled, and left every three and a half minutes and that there were no waits. Let's hope they can accomplish that here. They find some things they would like to do better than Hong Kong. One was more accessible food and a place to sit down and eat. Apparently there wasn't a lot of places to sit down and eat over there. Also, Long said there was really no apparel to be purchased. I wanted to bring home a lot of stuff to give to my friends, my kids, and grandkids, and we couldn't find anything to buy. Well, with 400 vendors here, I don't think that's going to be a problem. The 2010 Games is also planning an elaborate opening ceremony and has hired the firm which worked on the Salt Lake City opening ceremonies for the Olympics. So I'm sure that uh, that should be something spectacular, and we'll get more details on that as we go along. Long said the icing on the cake about the trip was the hospitality. Quote, every night when all of the traffic came out, when all of the people left the venue, the volunteers all said thank you and goodbye. I felt like it was Disneyland. Well, let's hope that we do have short bus lines and good food, and I can tell you one thing, that Lexington is in the South culturally, so friendly hospitality should not be a problem. I wanted to mention that one of the best, most well-produced video promos that I've seen for the 2010 Games is not on the 2010 Games main site. It's on eventhomesleasing.com. It's on their website. We'll have a link to it on our show notes so you can find it on the FEI Alltech site. 
Apparently, if you need accommodations and want to rent a home instead of a hotel, then this is the site you go to. They don't have their listings up yet, but should soon, so we'll keep you informed about that as well. And that was at eventhomesleasing.com. Aaron Ryder over at thehorse.com had a great article on the vet program and what will be happening at the 2010 Games. And who will be leading the way is Kent Allen. He's serving as the uh, WEG's veterinary coordinator. He brings years of experience to the job, having served as the team veterinarian for the U.S. Equestrian Team and as the vice chairman of the FEI Veterinary Committee. Uh, He was the veterinary coordinator for the 1996 Atlanta Olympic Games and was the foreign veterinary delegate for the 2000 Sydney Olympic Games. It's the scope and scale of the games that's daunting. As I've learned from working on all sides of it as a team veterinarian, veterinary coordinator, and a veterinary delegate, the level of complexity increases with the number of horses involved. And with an estimated 800 horses descending upon us here in Lexington, it will require the largest airlift of competition horses ever completed. So it's going to be quite a feat at the airport as well. The event is expected to have 150 veterinarians from all over the country. They'll be working out of a new vet facility over on the grounds of the horse park. And that's in the final stages of planning now, and has, has, the building has not begun yet. According to Alan, the clinic will be permanently uh, there. It's not going to be a temporary thing. It'll be at the horse park permanently, and it will offer diagnostics, basic outpatient care, and a quiet, organized area for veterinarians to work. And he expects it'll be up and ready, actually, in time for the 2010 Rolex Kentucky three-day event. So so they're going to get the share in, in that new facility as well. There's a good article at Kentucky.com about Lexington and things you should know before you come here. Uh, They hope to list 2,010 good things about Central Kentucky before the games. Uh, They have 50 now, and they're counting, so we'll see if they make it to 2,010. I'll share some of them with you here. Lexington is the 68th largest city in the United States, and the latest estimate on Lexington's population is put at 270,789 in that was out of 2006 census. Uh, I know we've grown some since then because uh, my wife and I moved here. Bizlex.com is reporting that all 367 rooms of the former Radisson Hotel in downtown Lexington have been reserved for the duration of the games. They were reserved, actually, by the Alltech Festival, which is the committee that is handling all of the music and entertainment events, and that's also fin- uh, financed by Alltech. So I know that they're planning a whole lot of entertainment here in addition to the horses, so you have something to do in the evening, and we'll keep you up to date on that in future podcasts. NBC announced a little bit ago that they have committed to covering the WEG games for with six hours of coverage, and basically they'll be on the three Sundays that are during the event. In a press release, NBC said its coverage of the games will be the largest major network broadcast of equestrian sport in U.S. history, so we'll see if they do as good a job as they did with the Olympics here recently. Then, then I'm excited to see what they come up with. And that doesn't include what might be include uh, what might be covered online with live streaming, like they did during the Olympics. Apparently, that deal hasn't been struck yet. But you can look for some of that as well, and we'll keep you up to date on that. 
And we'll end to this week's news with a little fun story about all the new Alltech distillery. I'm not sure how many of you know that Alltech, who is paying $10 million to be a sponsor for the 2010 Games, is also getting into the whiskey-making business. Whiskey and rum are very popular here in Kentucky. We have more distilleries than anywhere else in the country. At the opening ceremony for Alltech's Malt Whiskey Distillery on Thursday, Alltech President Pierce Lyons announced that the barrels of his new malt whiskey, Pierce Lyons Reserve, will be sold as they are produced, and the buyer can monitor the aging of their whiskey by logging on to the Internet. The first batch is expected to be ready in time for the Alltech uh, World Equestrian Games. A local blog is reporting that uh, the company was getting a few calls asking how do, how, do they, how do people do it, how do they buy some of the, the booze and watch it being aged on the website. And I guess the Alltech lawyers discovered after the event that the company realized that uh, the details hadn't really been worked out. And one of the ones was that they're not quite sure whether Alltech's Lexington Brewing and Distilling Company can sell the whiskey directly to consumers or it must go through a licensed dealer. So they're looking into that, and the logistics uh, should be worked out in another week or two. So you diehard drinkers out there are going to have to wait a bit more for the details. And you can check out uh, the blog entry and the article around it. I'll have a link to it on our show notes. Now, there's much more news than we'll be able to cover in this podcast every week. Be sure to check out all the news on our website at 2010radioshow.com. We would also like your feedback. You can call and leave us a voicemail, and maybe we'll play it here on the show, at 270-803-0025. Or you can drop me an email at glenn at horseradionetwork.com. That's glenn with two N's at horseradionetwork.com. Also, be sure to check out our, the other show I do at StableScoop.com. That show is a lighter look at all the horse news and topics of the day with my co-host, Alina B. It's a fun show, and uh, we do lots of cool interviews and, and talk about horse stuff. So be sure to give that a listen. Uh, that one is much more interview-driven, but we also cover the general horse news of the day. So you can go to StableScoop.com and take a listen to that. This is Glenn DeGeek saying have a great week and keep your horse between you and the ground. It hurts a lot less.